Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging and we want to help you be more successful. And our guest today is Josh Otten. He's director of IT Solutions Engineering and Design and Architecture at Adventist Healthcare. Welcome, Josh. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited for this discussion. I I love having people on that are are doing the hard work. So I, I think that's that would probably describe you. So, uh, but before we dive into the topics today, tell us a little bit about yourself and Adventist Healthcare. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I I've been with Adventist Healthcare for about seven years now. I I came uh, from Adventist from uh, five years working in the federal uh, healthcare space. Um, I, as you mentioned, I, I serve as the IT director of our solutions engineering and design and architecture firm, supported a number of uh, business, clinical, and IT-specific strat- uh, strategic efforts and implementations over the year. And, and as far as Adventist Healthcare, we're a, um, we're a regional healthcare, uh, uh, faith-based nonprofit uh, based out of uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. We're provider-based healthcare. Uh, we serve Montgomery County, uh, Prince George's County. Uh, in Maryland, as well as uh, Washington, D.C., we're a managing partner for our, uh, Howard University Hospital. Number of acute care facilities, rehab spaces, um, outpatient imaging, and a, a lot of different uh, those provider-based services. Yeah, excellent. So let's talk about it. Like, What are some of the biggest IT infrastructure challenges your organizations faced recently? Yeah, so uh, Maryland's an interesting state um, when it comes to healthcare. Um, yeah. We're in a capitated model uh, for healthcare. Uh, so, for all intents and purposes, we're fixed revenue um, for all our hospital based services. So, um, they're really the only way that we can, the best way that we can influence our bottom line is to by keeping costs down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that is challenging in in um in healthcare it and it in general i mean it's an expensive industry um so we have to find the right solutions the best solutions and they always have to be um the most economical for us um we have to make sure those solutions address our problems and serve our needs and and we can't afford to get it wrong um so you know we can't have those false starts and um and and uh, those sunk costs uh, and and because of that, we we run a very lean team for supporting our infrastructure. So uh, we do have a lot of challenges there, and and um, you know we're, we're we're prepared, and that's all we know, right? So uh, that, that <laughs> we're best prepared to to do that. But um, it, it definitely presents challenges that are unique to uh, healthcare in in this in this country in the state of Maryland. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I mean, obviously, we become more reliant on this infrastructure in healthcare uh, with the rollout of EHRs. And I mean, I, I, I think the average number of systems is a thousand systems in a health system. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, obviously, we, we become so reliant across the entire organization. How are you, uh, you know, approaching and addressing these challenges, especially given the fact that, you know, that's 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 the way you have to do it is addressing costs, right? Like if you ask any business, is it easier to address costs or grow revenue? They say grow revenue. Like, wait, that's not an option for you. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, talk to us. How are you approaching addressing these IT infrastructure challenges? We have to be strategic. We have to take our time. Uh, we can't be reactive. Um, so we truly need to understand what we're trying to serve, what a problem that we're trying to solve. And we need to forecast uh, some of our future needs, the total cost of ownership, including the resources for uh, operations and maintenance. Um, that's that's big. That, that, that's really, really huge. Um, you know, just in the storage uh, space, uh, that's led us to some partners like Pure Storage uh, that mm-hmm. we've worked with. 
um, you know, the being able, you know, we, 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 did, we did bake-offs, we did a lot of uh, industry uh, analysis okay. and um, found a lot of different, uh, found that, that, you know, in the case of like Pure, right, we found models that can help effectively help us upgrade in place, uh, give us, you know, later controller technology for our storage devices uh, in our support renewals and also have the tools to be able to kind of model and project a lot of the performance when doing control, like uh, upgrades, like controller upgrades, adding drives, adding shelves, yeah. things like that. So any type of partner, any type of solution that allows us to be able to give us the most data points to be able to effectively strategically make those decisions are generally is where the, the is where we're going to lean. Yeah, I mean, I think people underestimate the impact that something like storage, right, which is what yeah. pure storage does, impacts. You know, I, I, I've done some work with pure storage before, and we talked about how, well, if you implement it, if you implement the right storage, you actually can, you know, improve provider productivity and, you know, reduce burnout because it goes faster. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it sounds like that's what you experienced as well. Yeah, it definitely. Um, you know, we definitely saw uh, an increase, uh, probably I would say roughly 15, 20% increase in speed. Um, but the biggest thing is reliability, right? So, okay. you know, um, yeah, that's the, even uh, worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> you open the it, HR, it doesn't open. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the PACS environment. Uh, in, uh, yeah. Right. So that's and, and that's one of our, our major use cases with, gotcha. with our flash um, uh, with our flash blades that we, we have from pure. Um, we we had a lot of issues with reliability of our previous solutions. Um, and, you know, it, it just, the, you know, the workflow of imaging, you know, when you come in for an uh, imaging exam or they want to pull up relevant priors and have those for the radiology to re, the radiologist to read and compare uh, based off of the image that's, that's being captured that day. And those those images get get prefetched and they get they get put on those flash blades for the radiologist to pull up and compare and, and in some cases previously that was not reliable we didn't have the ability to do that um our hospital um our uh hospitals are our brain and uh or excuse me heart and stroke centers uh, so we get a lot of emergent cases um really important to be able to diagnose and treat those within that golden hour of of a patient coming in um so that reliability is is huge for us, and um, it's it's been it's been something that um, has been a, a, a definitely a benefit that we've seen with with uh, working with with solutions like and, and partners like Pure. Yeah, well, as someone who just sat in an ER waiting for a CT scan, I appreciate that <laughs> on a different level. I yeah. think uh, when it becomes personal, talk yeah. to us about some of the other benefits you got from the change. You know, how about you know staffing? I mean, it's interesting. You talked to your lean team. I think that's interesting. Or security costs, etc. Yeah. So, um, right, decreased management uh, overhead um, is it was is really been huge. Um, that's freed up our staff to to work on other things. Uh, specifically things like uh, modernization projects, like anytime okay. we can take staff away from fighting fires and being uh, reactive and, and responsive to incidents, we can then take our, uh, take those resources and allocate them to modernizing and, and uh, working on project activities and, and things like that. We, they keep us, we, we keep, we keep our staff very, very busy for sure. Yeah. Um, we we've definitely seen a benefit in a uh, in uh, we uh, operate out of co-located data center, um, which you know is a pay by rack space model. Okay. Um, so going from like full racks of storage shelves to you know a, a handful of use uh, has helped us and, and save some costs, save some space for us in, in our data center. 
Um, and security, security is huge. Um, you know, security is obviously a, a really important, uh, really important tenant right now in, in healthcare IT. Um, being able to uh, leverage the immutable storage uh, mm -hmm. for backups um, helps prevent or helps protect us uh, and gives us an extra layer of protection against ransomware. Because the first thing a bad guy is going to do when they get into your environment is uh, they're going to try to delete your backups so you cannot recover from what they're doing. And, um, you know, having immutable storage, having a lot of the fail safes there um, is really, really beneficial to us. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like I, when I look at the front line of security, storage is like <laughs> with the backups associated, which are now or you can do in real time. You can, you know, I mean, there's so many options either. You know, I come from the tape days, right? I think many of us do, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm not even sure that tape works. Right, <laughs> like, right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but now they've come so far, right? And having, like yeah. you said, that business continuity in case of ransomware and, and, you know, as they say, when a ransomware incident happens, yeah. it's such a powerful approach. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting how storage options often doesn't get the credit it deserves when it comes to security. So that's great. Yeah, for sure. You know, when it, for your packs, like, was there any thought of moving to the public cloud or, or did you not even consider it because of the size and, you know, and, and you already had the data center, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, like I said, you know, we're, we're going to make strategic uh, um, decisions. So we're going to take, we're going to do our due diligence mm -hmm. and uh, we did our due diligence and and we really, um, we, we definitely weighed uh, a public cloud solution um, we generally, uh, you know, we talked about the, the, the kind of the capitated model at Maryland in Maryland. Uh, we generally moved, are dissuaded from migrating uh, any of our real critical infrastructure to the cloud for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the, the capitated model variable costs, which oftentimes the, the public cloud are, are, are tied to, um, they don't agree with the with that capitated revenue model, right? We, we have to have predictable costs. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. And then the um, the introduction of, of uh, additional failure points um, in the design, in this case, you know, your ISP uh, now becomes uh, a, a potential failure point. Um, we're on a private dark fiber network um, that ties into our co-located our, our co data center. Um, so we have control over our WAN. And, um, you know, once you start piping those things out over the, the ISP, um, you know, you, not to say that there's not reliable ISPs out there, but, you know, there might be for redundancy purposes, we might have to take on an additional connection and those types of things. So that that became a little bit of a of a, 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 a point that kind of dissuaded us from moving that direction. Um, and so that's what kind of really made us uh, led us to the decision of, of maintaining that on-prem storage. That's awesome. No, I mean, I think it is interesting. You, you talk about the public cloud, uh, you know, the variable cost is something that I think it's going to be interesting to watch going forward and, and the ISP and then the need for extra bandwidth, I think, it, yeah, that's another variable cost as you use yeah. that, that uh, you know, a lot of people forget about because we almost just take it for granted that <laughs> it's going to work. So that's interesting. Yep. Have there been any other downstream impacts to, to the end users? Thanks to the improvement of the backend storage. You talked about, you know, more responsive time, anything else that was notable in the project? It's funny. Um, it's actually kind of funny. We, we've experienced some unintended consequences okay. of, of having more reliable systems. And that's in, now we need to like work with their clinicians to drill on downtime procedures um, <laughs> because they don't have a chance to exercise them as frequently. You know, we, uh, I guess uh, that's a good now, problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a good problem to have, right? So 
uh, so now uh, when we do have a true downtime, a lot of times we're, you know, we're, we're, we're having to teach people on the fly. You know, this is your downtime procedure. This is how you go to paper. These are the things that you do. So uh, we've gone to so some drilling of those downtime procedures. Um, it's a good, like you said, uh, good, good problem to have. And it's a, it's a, it's a consequence of reliability. Um, the, other than that, I mean, yeah, speed, uh, the, the front end um, observable rewrite speed um, for users, you know, I, a lot of times you, you don't hear, you don't get the kudos necessarily. Yeah. You're not getting a ticket that says, Hey, by the way, I just I just sent a, a case in and it was so fast and I just want to give you guys that you, you get the <laughs> ticket or the call or the email that says it took me 20 minutes to to load this image into or I, you know I I've been I've I've been spinning on trying to to get my uh my files so um we, we've seen a real reduction in that interesting yeah i mean it's like security no no one says that eh, thanks we haven't had a breach right like <laughs> you only get the complaints uh, yeah speed is the same thing that that's really interesting great yeah. great example yeah. um what other technologies or, or, or challenges are you, are you keeping an eye on that you think would, would be important to your organization you know beyond just the storage that we talked yeah. about well, obviously, artificial intelligence is a very buzzy word right yeah. now. Yeah, we you think it's going to hit infrastructure? Like, I mean, I guess it's hitting everything. <laughs> right, infrastructure. Yeah, sure. I, I um, you know, we've seen it. Um, you know, it depends on what you're 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 going to classify infrastructure. But our, you know, our security yeah. operations centers. We've talked mm -hmm. about them and implementing some. Um, they're they're implementing. Uh, some chat GPT functions that give executive summaries of, of, of incidents and, and things like that. So, um, you know, in the EMR space, we, we've, we've been, we've certainly seen um, uh, some uh, technologies of, you know, do, pulling out relevant notes uh, and data to present to the clinician um, in advance of, of seeing a patient. Uh, but from an infrastructure pers perspective, the thing, uh, some of the things that get me kind of excited and are really yeah. cool things are like patient room technology. Um, very cool stuff. Uh, the ability to 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 um, have the ability to directly influence patient patient care, uh, and obviously, you know that not necessarily uh, traditional uh, IT infrastructure, but you know having things like cameras in rooms that have the ability to do like virtual sitting. Uh, functionality, enablement of virtualized, centralized nursing models, um, virtual care coordination with uh, remote p uh, primary care providers and caregivers, um, and 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 some things like that. Digital whiteboards in the room that utilize mm -hmm. RTLS technology. Very yeah. cool stuff. You know, you can have a badge on your on your on your nurse provider, or uh, um, and uh, when they come in the room, you know. A, a, a picture of them and their their background uh, shows up on the on the digital whiteboard for the patient to know who their who their care provider is. Um, cameras that enable uh, patient meta metadata capture of uh, patient metadata. Um, you know how often are you turning in your uh, in your bed? How often are you getting out of bed to avoid things like pressure ulcers? Yeah. Um, how well did you sleep? Toss and turn in in the night. Those are things that are important to to uh, to clinicians and and uh, to physician providers. Um, touchless biometric devices that do use radar to measure heart rate, pulse oxidate, uh, pulse oxidation, other other um, important um, you know biometric measurements uh, and other biomarker devices. Those are a lot of things that we're talking about right now. And that's some of the cool stuff that I get to. 
uh, do research on and I get a, a chance to play with um, and, um, you know, do do that due diligence, put together some of those models to present to our leadership and to some of our clinical staff. Yeah, no, it's exciting times. You know, with, with such a nimble team, are you concerned? Like <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, it right? To, yeah. to implement and you know, uh, you know, and and related to that, you know, is this going to be a best of breed approach, or you know, are are the big vendors going to do it? Any, any thoughts on kind of how you'll approach that, especially with the nimble team? Yeah, it's so we have to rely on you know, in in IT, we have to rely on some of our. Um, what I will, sometimes we call shadow IT teams, things like yeah. you know, staff like clinical informatics, uh-huh. um, folks that are in the a little bit more clinical, uh, yeah. and they have um, kind of an uh, uh, a uh, tangential uh, connection to IT. Um, mm-hmm. So it's every type of system that we implement, we have to in the in in that um, that due diligence phase, we have to understand how it's going to be supported. Because to your point. We can't take on these things without going up to our CFO and say, "Hey, we need we need dedicated support um, to to be able to." Uh, we're doing that just in AV right now, just talking through conference rooms. So wow, AV, that's interesting. It, well, but know. every vendor will say it's easy, right? It's turnkey. Of course, no yeah. support needed. <laughs> and it, you know, your 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 desk side support team, your help desk can do this. Your EAs can do this, but that's not in, when you put it into practice. That's not what we find. So yeah. we have to be realistic in that, and we have to understand those support models. We need to understand the workflows that need to be supported and, and assign responsibility to you know do those those racy matrices and things like that uh, of, sure. of the systems. So yeah. It's, it's yeah. a lot. Not to mention, you know, the security risk surface, et cetera, right? I mean, that you're still responsible for that, even if even if it is a fully outsourced type of implementation. So sure. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, we always like to wrap up these uh these episodes with a little bit of career discussion and career advice. So you know, the uh I just want to ask you, what's the best piece of career advice that you've ever been given? Interesting. Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I had a, I had a mentor, uh, one time with my, my federal, uh, days mm-hmm. that, uh, that said to me that, you know, success in your career can be boiled down to two main factors, mm-hmm. capability and commitment. And, you know, capability is what do you know and what can you do? Right. And that's, that's pretty straightforward, but commitment is how willing are you to take ownership for your charge and continue to take on responsibility, accountability, how reliable are you? How much do you care about what you do? Uh, And you need a combination of both. But to me, and this is the conversations, we, we, you know, had uh, a lot of conversations about this. To me, commitment can can take you a lot further, much further than just capability alone. Uh, So to me, I've uh, I've kind of taken that to heart. I, I got that advice pretty early in my career. And I've built my my career on on being committed, being accountable, being trustworthy, being accessible, um, and and being someone that it can be counted on. And then um, you know capability kind of comes along the way, and it's been supplemented with education and and uh, you know just experience and everything like that. So I I like to give I, I love that you asked that question because um, anytime I'm in a in a mentoring uh, role myself. I always bring that up and, and I hope it seep, I hope it really sinks in with the people I'm talking to because you know commitment is is a huge thing and, and being that person that someone can rely on 
um, can really take you pretty far in your career. Yeah, that's powerful. I love it. And I, you know, I, I guess I have to say, I appreciate you uh, sharing your capabilities and your commitment to this work. Uh, I learned a lot in this discussion. So I uh, appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for the CIO podcast by Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh.